Oh, what a show we have for you today. Are you out of your freaking mind, you guinea? What the hell was that? Uh, I heard someone say guinea the other day. I think it's like a slang for someone who lives in Boston. I don't even know what it means, to be honest, but it sounded a little, It could is it racial? I don't know. But maybe that's good because today's show is kind of uh, dealing with racism and, and cultures and human populations and human cultures. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be going over to Cambodia. You're gonna hear me riding through the rice fields of Cambodia on a bicycle, talking to the locals. Uh, it's some footage that I recorded when I was over in Cambodia just days ago. And uh, you'll hear uh, how, how the people there uh, act and, and play and live. Also, I'll be talking about my trip to Cambodia, my river cruise, my trip to, uh, to Singapore. And then uh, on the uh, cultural racial thing, we have a very interesting caller uh, who's calling into the show today. And he's a racist. He's a black man, an African-American man who hates white people. So we thought it'd be interesting to get that perspective, and we're going to have them on. So lots of culture happening today. Get your yogurt. This is the Harland Highway. I have an announcement. You are about to go down the Harland Highway. Lock the door. I don't want to be a product of my environment. Shut up. I want my environment to be a product of me. You are riding down the Harlan Highway. So, who do I have to fuck to get off this phone? I can get you off. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Ah, you're a cantaloupe. Shame, Big Daddy. That's why I'm a drunk. When I'm drunk, I can stand myself. Keep leaning on that tutor, Charlie, and you're gonna get a shot in the mouth. Act like a man! What's the matter with you? I wasn't really sure what was going on. You're listening to Harlan Williams. The rest is bullshit, and you know it. Okay, here we go. We're starting the, the show off with a little bit of intensity today. As we, we all hate racism. We don't like racism. At least I don't, and I hope you don't. But sometimes there are people who are racist, and they, they make no bones about it. They're, they're proud of it. And we see it in all walks of life, all races, all cultures. And we have a gentleman on today who, for whatever reason hates white people. He's an African-American man, and he's an admitted, uh, out-of-the-closet racist towards white people. And when Roger dug this guest up, I thought, man, this this might be interesting. You know, you, you, you don't often have, like, the full-blown, like, anti-white racist people, or we don't see or hear from them as much as we do uh, when it's white people racist against other cultures and colors. So without further ado, Roger, let's connect this guy, Taylor Tate, and see what he has to say about his white racism. Oh, my God. Uh, Hello there, Mr. Tate. How are you today, sir? Well, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Uh, I'm good, sir. If I'm being honest, I'm a little bit uncomfortable about this conversation we're about to have, but I, I think it's important to have it. Well, maybe I'm uncomfortable, too. How about that? Okay, well, fair enough, but I, I think you're the one that's uh, kind of bringing the argument. And uh, according to all these uh, interviews and all the documentation, and by your own admission, you are racist, uh, full-out racist against uh, white people. That's right. Okay, well, I'm a little a little alarmed with, with the blatantness uh, of this, but uh, maybe uh, in order to get context, you can explain to us why... You are racist against uh, the white race. Well, because look at it, man. I mean, everywhere you look, everything white. Well, what do you mean? Well, everything white. Look around, man. Look up in the sky. What color the clouds? The clouds? Yeah, what color the clouds, man? Well, they're white. Okay, when I go to a hotel and I check into the room, I want to take a nap on the bed. What color the pillow? The, the pillows are white? 
And what color the sheets? White. And what color the motherfucking towels? The, sir, if you can watch your language, the towels are traditionally white. I rest my case. I mean, why, why can't I check into, into a hotel and there be black pillows? Why can't they have black sheets? Why can't I dry my black body with black towels? Well, I don't know that, 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 that there's any other reason that, that maybe it's it's white is, is such a neutral, maybe, a, you know, calm color. Oh, and you'd say maybe black isn't calm? Is that what you're saying? You're saying black is all, all ramped up and all heated up? Sir, if, if you could just calm down for a second. Oh, there you go. Look at that. Now, because I'm, I'm all, all heated up. Is that what you're trying to say? Maybe I'm all heated up like a black pillow or a black towel? I'm not saying you're heated up. You are a little animated, sir. But, you know, your, your argument about everything being white. Oh, really? Well, how about that? Yeah, how about uh, the Twinkie? You ever eat a Twinkie? Yes, I've had a Twinkie. And when you get to the creamy center of the Twinkie, what's inside? Well, it's whipped cream. Uh-huh. And what color whipped cream be? Well, the white. Oh, Lord have mercy. There it is again. White pillows, white clouds, white towels, white benches, white whipped cream in the Twinkie. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Sir, just because. And what about the White House? Where the president be living at? In the White House, right? And who hanging on the cross? In the, in the motherfucking church. Sir, if you can watch your language. No, I'm saying who hanging on the motherfucking cross in a motherfucking church. Jesus be white. Okay, Jesus has been portrayed as white and. Well, why can't Jesus be black? Why, why can't there be a brother hanging on the cross? You know, why, why can't we crucify a brother? Well, I don't even know. Would you? Why would you want to be crucified? Oh, look at you taking Jesus, son of the God, taking Jesus right out of the equation. Sir, uh, just because things are white. When I take my kids to Baskin Robbins, guess what flavor they got? Well, I don't. They've got 90, 99 flavors. Yeah, but guess which one they got? I don't know. They got vanilla. They got vanilla ice cream. You know what color vanilla is? Sir, it's white, it's white, it's white. Okay, and... And when people get married, what color the wedding dress? Uh, tell me that. What color the wedding... What color the motherfucking wedding dress? Well, traditionally, it's... White. It's white, okay. Oh, man, when, when is this shit gonna stop? I mean... Sir, just because things are white... No, listen to me. I was walking down the street the other day. I was at the mall. I come out the mall. I'm walking across the parking lot going to get in my car. Okay. And what do I see? I don't know. A cloud? Oh, now you're getting smart with me? No, I'm just saying you were outside. You were referencing clouds. No, I did not see a motherfucking cloud. Okay, what did you see, sir? I saw me a fucking albino. A, a what? A motherfucking albino. An albino? Uh-huh, and you know what color that motherfucker was? Sir, if you could watch the language, albinos are traditionally... White as motherfucking white, like whiter than Casper the ghost fucking left ball bag. Sir, yes, albinos lack the uh, the keratin or the melatonin or whatever it is, the pigment in their skin. And why ain't there no black albinos? That's what I want to know. By the, there are black albinos. Uh-huh, and what color them black albinos be? Well, I guess the black albinos are white. Then how the motherfuck can they be black if they white? Sir, what I'm talking about is the, 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 the pigmentation in the skin. I don't need no motherfucking science class right now. Do I look like I'm a biology student? Well, sir, you're asking about the skin color of albinos. All right, let me ask it again. If I see a black albino... Okay. What color be the black albino? White. 
Oh, look at that. Now what? Now, now you even taking the color off the black man. How, what? Now, what am I supposed to think? What am I supposed to tell my children? Uh, what am I supposed to tell my motherfucking children when all of a sudden a motherfucking albino who's supposed to be black is white? It's got nothing to do with... No, no, somebody somewhere got a motherfucking laboratory down in a basement somewhere, down in a, probably in a motherfucking White House. There's no laboratory in the in the bottom of the White House. And I think what they do, they, t- they bleach in black people so they can make them white. Sir, this is as far out as it gets. Oh, now you're calling me crazy. That way, oh, yeah, the white man calling the black man crazy because he exposed the white man. He take the lid off. They be dipping black people in some kind of bleach down in the basement of the White House and calling them albinos, my motherfucking ass. Sir, you need to calm down. Albinos happen throughout nature. They, 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 everything, every species is susceptible to being an albino. Oh, really? Is there a motherfucking albino giraffe? Actually, there are albino giraffes. Oh, look at you. What, what, motherfucking albino lion? Yes. Okay, well, well, I still think there's something going on there. How do you take a black man and make him white? It's a natural uh, biological occurrence, sir. Well, I don't, don't buy it, and I think I think something's up, and so I'm just sick and tired of everything being white, 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 white. Why we gotta live in a white world? It's not a white world. It's just that 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 that. Mm-hmm. Let me hear it. Come on, say it. Uh, it. I'm alluding to what you said earlier that the the ratio of 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 the black population is only 12.7%. Now you telling me something ain't out of balance here? Sir, it doesn't mean you have to have animosity towards white people just because there are more white people in the country. Well, what am I supposed to do? Everywhere I go, everything I want to do, I got to deal with white people. I mean, what the fuck is that shit? Sir, I'm getting a little heated up here, and I, I, I don't, I don't think you're being rational. I don't think you're giving this, this, this conversation the room it needs to, to be rational. Oh well, look at you, look at you. Why don't you just uh, hang me up like Jesus on a cross and cover me with albino juice? I, I'm not. There's no such thing as albino juice. Oh, why don't you just like slap the black off of me, hang me up on a cross, and Paint me with a paintbrush with all kinds of that crazy white albino juice and make me a, a white black man. There's no such thing as a white black man. No, let me ask you something. Y- yes, sir. Let, let me ask you, you're acknowledging there's such a thing as a, a, a black albino. Yes, we just discussed that. And what color the motherfucking black albino be? Sir, he's white. Black, that, black. So you're telling me a black man gonna be whiter than Casper the Friendly Ghost, shiny fucking ivory-colored left-ass cheek? I did not say that black people, albino people, have a shiny white albino ass cheek like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Well, I don't, I don't know what else you call it. So what? What? When you take a black man? Yes. And you turn and you make him albino. And nobody's making them albino. They're born that way. So you're telling me a black man being born white? Yes. Well, if that don't tell me that Hitler's still alive and he's got an underground chamber in the White House and he be dipping black babies in albino sauce. So Hitler, so, listen. Sir, Hitler is not alive in the basement of the White House taking black babies and... I think what's happening is very clear to me. I think they got black women that they're getting them pregnant in the projects. What? I think somebody going through the projects and impregnating the black women. What does that mean? I don't know, like you ever seen a bookmobile or a, or a, or a barbecue, uh, like a taco truck or something? Yes. So I think someone's been going through, driving through the neighborhoods, uh, shooting semen at the black women and filling them up with albino seeds. Filling black women with albino seeds. 
and then they get the pregnant women that take them in the basement of the motherfucking White House and Hitler's standing there and he be pulling the babies out of that fucking motherfucking and uh, dipping them in albino grease. <laughs> what, what the ha- Hitler in a taco truck in the basement of the White House? You heard me, motherfucker, and that's why I hate you white people. You white people trying to turn the black people white? Motherfucker, go dip your face in barbecue sauce at Arby's, biatch. Holy crap. What the hell did that guy get it? That just spiraled into... Hold on. Hitler in the with the albino... Wow. See, this is why this is why racism is such an ugly, horrible thing. And it doesn't matter what side it comes from. And it pains me that this this man, this African-American man, has such such uh, hatred for white people. And, in, in, you know, it just I don't care if it's whites hating blacks, Asians hating whites, Latinos hating Asians, Asians hating blacks, whatever the combination is. This conversation just illustrates how ugly racism is. And uh, it, it, it breaks my heart. I'm sure all of you listening are just like, ouch, because it, it just sometimes racism just seems so blind, doesn't it? It just sometimes I feel like. Once a person has made a decision that they don't like another race of people or they, they just they just look for anything to perpetuate their theories and their rationale to feed the, their racist uh, sentiments. And, and it's just it's awful, man. All we can do is hope that that man uh, gets gets through this and and someday realizes that, People are just people, regardless of their skin color. And and as a white man, it it was hard to hear that. It was hard to hear the accusations. It was hard to hear a man with so much rage towards people of, of my race. Ouch. Well, it's not reciprocated, man. I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way, but uh, I can only speak for myself. I love all peoples, all colors, all religions, all races, and I, I hope... I certainly hope you can find some type of enlightenment and get to a place where you are more uh, accepting of others, regardless of their skin tone. Wow. Let's let's put that. But what? He's call. He's calling back. Okay, maybe he's had a second. Put him on. Put him on. Hello, Mister Tate. And one more motherfucking thing. Yes, sir. Fuck you, honky. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, my God. Well, I, maybe he's not going to change, and I, that, that's nothing I can do about it. Ugh, let, let's move on. Let me, let me get back to, uh, speaking of other cultures and other races, let me, let me get back to my, my trip that I did just a few weeks ago. Last podcast, I told you about the first part of it, uh, being in Beirut and, and meeting and circulating with the wonderful people in Beirut. And, and then I jumped to the end where I told you I went to Hong Kong. And then in the middle of my trip, I went to uh, Singapore and Cambodia. So let's talk about that little part of my, my wonderful trip. Oh, yes, 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 the Far East. So, so I mentioned I was in Beirut, and then I, uh, I, I did some stand-up comedy over there. Then on the back end of my trip I stopped into Hong Kong for a few days just to see it because I'd never been to China but before I uh, got there after Beirut I uh, had a couple of days and uh, I decided to go to Singapore and uh, it was there I was able to walk around and get out go to some of the restaurants and shops and and just cruise around in in the town and uh, I wasn't there for very long so it was limited but uh, what I discovered is a, a very modern safe uh, um, clean cosmopolitan city it was really uh, surprised me I didn't know what to expect and and sometimes you get to these uh, these cities overseas, and there's a lot of hustle bustle, and uh, you know you, you don't know if the streets are going to be dirty and cluttered, and and garbage strewn about, and and things like that. Like as I said in Beirut, 
It was uh, it was a little a uh, little more messy and a little more uh, beat up, but Singapore was really clean and and well groomed and the plant life and the buildings and the architecture and and the way society structured and uh, very very nice city. It's considered very very safe. It's it's a uh, it's a mixture of uh, Chinese people. And uh, it's also a mixture of Singaporeans and uh, and just a real good vibe there. Um, I didn't do a heck of a lot that that's that's you know like culturally gonna jump out. I really just had time to walk around and and see the the shops and 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 it was very modern. I mean the shops were. It was like kind of walking around in Beverly Hills. It was like Gucci and Dolce and Gabbana and Prada and. And, uh, you know, Rolex and, and it was very kind of, kind of a high end place. I gotta say, um, a lot of, a lot of apartment buildings, but they're well kept. They're well groomed. And the cab driver was telling me like something like 60 or 70% of the whole population lives in these apartments. And, uh, they were kind of, uh, built very well and they looked nice and they, none of them looked run down and they looked like they were kind of all situated in a grid where, where it kind of worked. You know, normally when you see a, a city uh, overpopulated with apartment buildings, it gets kind of claustrophobic and it looks a bit, uh, I don't know, it can look look a bit iffy, but, but in Singapore they really organized it well so everything looks really good. And uh, he was also telling me that they, they have a mandate at the apartment buildings, which I thought was kind of cool, where they keep strict controls on the races of people that stay at the apartment buildings. Isn't that interesting? So, so they, they, they have quotas where there has to be a certain amount of Singaporeans, East Indians, Chinese, and they monitor it very closely, he told me. He said that if a Chinese couple moves out, a Chinese couple has to move in. And same goes for all the other races. So so this way they're kind of forcing the integration of, of different races of people. They're not allowing, uh, you know, a whole community to become Chinese. They're not allowing a whole community to become East Indian. They're, they're forcing people to integrate. And I actually think that's a good thing. It doesn't mean that one culture has to give up their culture. But I think, you know, you know, we have all these cities across the world where where we're like, oh, let's import all these immigrants and let's be the melting pot and let's do this. And and more often than not, it, it doesn't work out that way. You get a lot of the the different nationalities gravitating towards each other and creating communities that in essence become a displaced uh, community of where they lived. Case in point, there's there's areas where you, you hear about in, in the UK and in France where Muslim populations have come and they've inhabited neighborhoods and they call them no-go zones. Where if you're not Muslim, you don't you don't go there. It's they they're they're painting this picture that is dangerous and you're not welcome and blah blah blah. And same in the United States, you've got areas where it's all an all black neighborhood, it's an all Italian neighborhood, it's all it's all Polish, it's all white, it's all Asian. And what happens is is the, you know I think it kind of builds segregation to a degree, and it might build resentment to a degree because certain other cultures might not feel welcome in in that neighborhood, or they might feel excluded, or they might feel. You know, like they don't belong, and that can happen. I mean, it. it and so I, I thought that the model for Singapore was was a really good one. That that an apartment building, each apartment building was forced to have a certain quota of different races of people, and I, I think that keeps everyone intermingled, and it and it cre- it, it 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 kind of prevents segregation. So I thought that was really cool, and, and it seemed to be working really well because, like I said, the, the city was, was modern and, and clean, and the people, everyone seemed really friendly and happy, and, and it was really nice. 
And again, it's one of these cities that's on the water. And uh, I've never seen a more active boat harbor. I mean, there were just, there were like boats coming in and out. It was almost like we're looking at rush hour on a highway in America. You know, you, you'll, you'll see harbors here in the States, like in Boston or, or Virginia or even here on the West Coast. And it's like, okay, you see ships coming in and out. But over there, man, it's just like, it's like, it's like a traffic jam. There are boats after boats. They're passing each other. They're zigzagging. They're it. It. You know, we fl- when you fly in, you can see it. You're coming in right over the the harbor, and it's just like holy. I've never seen so many boats. And it kind of made me more aware on a global level because you know you you hear about you hear about on the news sometimes where the where the U.S. sends over some of its battleships. And they talk about keeping the shipping lanes open and the boating lanes open. And you hear about you hear about pirates uh, going out on the sea and commandeering ships. And you're like, what? What? Pirate ships? Shipping lanes? What? And you're kind of oblivious to it. But but then when you see it, when you see all these boats in motion and and so many of them, you realize you're like, wow, what a what an industry! What what a uh, what a thing it is the the whole boating world it's 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 kind of uh, maybe not as prominent here in the states or maybe it isn't we just don't see it as concentrated but over there and again in Hong Kong in the harbor in Hong Kong just boats 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 so anyways that was my quick trip into uh, into Singapore I recommend it if you if you ever want to go to a nice beautiful friendly safe city. Uh, with a lot of culture and a lot of great architecture and everything else it offers. So uh, from there, I flew over to Cambodia, where I think I told you last year I went on a river cruise uh, down the Amazon. And so the same company that ran the, uh, the river cruise down the Amazon that I did last year, which was unbelievable, they have a sister boat that runs a cruise down the river systems of Cambodia and Vietnam. So I didn't get into Vietnam, but I got on the on this boat, and we weaved our way through uh, through Cambodia, and it was it was fantastic. It was just great. It's a small boat. It only has I think it's got about uh, twenty rooms on it, and th- this thing is like a floating five star resort. I mean, it's just the food is immaculate. The food is amazing. The service is amazing. And basically we just float down this giant, the giant rivers through Cambodia. And every day, uh, they put us on these smaller boats, these motor boats, and they take us into shore. And basically we are able to, uh, to bicycle. They, they provide bikes and we, uh, we ride, we ride for miles and miles all day and all afternoon. Uh, you know, taking a break at lunchtime, we go back to the main boat but in the morning and afternoon, we, we ride through all the little obscure villages down dirt roads, through little d- towns in Cambodia. We stop in at schools. We stopped in at, at uh, temples, and we, we got to sit with the monks and hear them chant and, and sit and talk with them. And we got to go in and uh, meet the school children. I got to go into the school, and they asked me to. Uh, it was such a treat. that they have the It's like a one-room schoolhouse. And they got all the little boys on one side of the room and all the little girls sit on the other side and they wear these little uniforms and they're just the sweetest kids. And they asked me to, uh, to do something for the classroom. And so I stood up at the front of the class and I got a big magic marker and I got, they had a big whiteboard at the front of the room and I, I drew a big, great big, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Cause I figured kids love dinosaurs and monsters. So I, I drew that for the kids, and if you want to see footage of that, you can go to my Instagram. I posted that on my Instagram. My Instagram address is at Harlan Williams, and you can see me in the classroom with these kids. And I got to tell you that the children of Cambodia don't have a lot. They don't have a lot, but my God, they, they, they are so full of life, so full of joy, they are peaceful children. They're happy children. They're, I, th- I think they're raised from a very spiritual place uh, through, through the wisdom and the teachings of Buddha. And uh, they're, they're taught about harmony 
and peacefulness and joy and happiness. It's it's not uh, it's not uh, kind of the religion we get taught through the Catholic Church or through any other religion. Uh, the Buddhist re- religion is is more about uh, psychology than it is about uh, you know hardcore religion. And so the Cambodian people have a real gentleness to them. They have a real spiritualness to them and a softness. They seem very kind and compassionate and loving and generous and oh my God, it's just just incredible. And one of the one of the great experiences I had driving through these back roads where we're, we're going through banana trees and rice fields and villages and and what happens is most of these people don't have a lot and they live in these little houses. They have big families because uh, they don't have social security, they don't have pensions, and so what they do is they have a lot of kids, and the the the, uh, the theory is that the kids will pick up where the parents leave off as they get older, and the kids will take care of the, the elders, which I got to say is something quite beautiful in that society. I, th- I think here in North America, a lot of times the elders get left behind. And it's not as pretty an ending, but they really respect the elderly over there and they cherish them and they take care of them. And it's beautiful to see. And they're very resourceful people. They live off the land. They live with, with very, um, very simple needs. They don't have a lot. Um, and, uh, and it's amazing when I was driving the bike through these, these back roads, these villages, um, one of the highlights of, of their day is to see like, a like, a, a person, uh, like myself, a white person riding a bike through their neighborhoods. It's not a common thing. And so what would happen is they would all wave hello when you drive by. And when I say all of them, I mean all of them and the children in particular, it was kind of the highlight of their day. They would run out, they would run out from their houses to the road in their bare feet, half the time they were naked, half of the time they were covered in dirt. And you just hear the, hello, hello, hello. It, it's just amazing. Uh, let's, I, I, might, I might have some, uh, some video footage and I can, I, can, uh, I can play you some of it just so you can get a, a, a flavor of it. You can hear these kids. So let me just cue this up here. Here we go. You can hear my bike rolling along the dirt road and the gravel. Rolling through Cambodia, here's the kid saying hello. Hello! 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 (laughs) Just amazing. They come running out, they like five or six at a time. Hello! Just they 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 they're so happy. They're waving. They're smiling. Hello. <laughs> Woo. They get so excited. Hello. Makes their day. They just uh, they laugh and they're jumping around. There's all kinds of critters around. Dogs and I saw some cows, some roosters, some cocks, a little some dogs. Cambodian village. Big fat cocks. Oh my god, cock on the road. God, I almost ran over a cock. Those are their male chickens. Hello. 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 Yeah, you just got a picture of these kids running down the driveway, their arms waving. Cock and a dog. Another cock and a dog. Hello. 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 And I got to be honest. Pretty wild. These kids have a lot of energy. I've never. Here comes some more. Hello. I've never said more hellos. I've never said hello more times in my life. And uh, there's another one. I was was literally running out of hellos. So 
you're listening to just a few minutes of this. Hello, hello, hello. And this happened the whole trip, so I, I drove like 12 miles that day. Hello. Hi, little buddy. That. <laughs> so there you go. There's there's a little sampling of and and, and it was just like. I, I literally almost got to the point where I can't say one more hello. But these children were, were so charming and, and endearing and full of life and bubbly and just happy. Like, you know, while well, well, American kids sit at home and stare at the TV and stare at their iPads and stare into their iPhones and tune the world out, these kids, the highlight of their day was to see a, a, a white guy go by on a bicycle. And that's what uh, fired them up. That's what got them excited. That's what caused stimulus. It was it was real physical, emotional interaction with another human being, versus the kind of the world we live in now, where kids just stare into their electronic devices. So it was really warm and refreshing and inviting. And and I I, you know, the bike ride probably ended when I was down to my last three hellos. I mean. You know, part of you is like, well, I just, I won't say hello to any, any more of them, but I, I couldn't stop. I, I, it's like, they're so, they're so cute and nice and friendly. You, even the adults, you gotta, you gotta say hello. You don't want to disappoint them. <laughs> so that was the upside. And, and like I said, I got to pull into a couple of Buddhist temples and there were some that were abandoned and just had incredible statues and, and 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 the carvings of Buddha and snakes and dragons and oh my God some of the some of the art the 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 carvings and the architecture the pagodas just beautiful stunning and and sitting with the monks in their temple and hearing them chant was very enlightening it was kind of like an eat pray love moment and and they welcome you in and you're welcome to sit with them. You can even go over and be a monk with them if you want to. They're, that's how open they are. And uh, and so all these villages, and I stopped at a rice field, and I stopped and, and kind of tried to talk to some of the locals. And uh, it just, you know, I, I'll tell you what, in this fast-paced world we live in, in America, where the, there's a tendency to go, 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 and get, 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 and make, 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 and, and save, 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 and buy, buy, buy. It's really a head-turner when you, when you immerse yourself in a culture that really they have a small one-bedroom house on stilts in a muddy field with nine children, eight dogs, three cows, 12 chickens, and no electricity, no air conditioning, no ceiling fans, and they just hang around the house all day and, and make do and find a way to live. And I hate to say it, guys. I, I hate to I hate to rub it in, but whenever I stopped, whenever I saw these people, there was more fulfillment, more happiness, more glee in their faces, in their bodies, in their minds, in their spirits than you see in most people back here in the good old USA or any of the kind of civilized, more modernized uh, cities and, and places you go to. I know, it's weird. And if you're, if, you're, if you're in a funk, if you're in a place in your life where you're trying to figure out what it all means... If you're if you're if you're a little overwhelmed with material goods and you're kind of wondering what it's all about, nothing snaps you back to reality. Nothing 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 brings you back to the simplicities of life faster than being in a culture and around people that don't have all the trappings we have, all these trappings that we think bring us happiness. And, and I'm not knocking them. I'm not saying they don't. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the things we have. But it's it sure is a stark contrast when you see people with nothing, like nothing. They, they have a stick and a, and a, and a, and a bicycle, and, 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 and they, just, they just seem so much more content and, and full of joy. 
and I'm not glamorizing poverty in any way, or I'm not glamorizing the fact that a lot of them don't have an education and things like that, because, you know, let's, let's face it, it's, it's not like, hey, let's all be impoverished. That's the way to go. But I'm just reporting that it was unmistakable to see that these people that had so much less, apparently so much less than what we're used to, seem so much more full of life. And it, it was very grounding, and it was very healthy to be around that environment and, and remind myself of just, uh, you know, how the world works, the different sides of, of the haves and the have-nots. And, and, and when you look at it, you kind of go, wait a minute, who are the haves and who are the have-nots? Are the, are the people with the Mercedes-Benz and the, and the fancy houses and the big bank accounts the haves or the people that seem to have a brighter light in their soul and have nothing, are they the haves? And so I came to the conclusion that, you know, which I kind of already knew, but it was, it was kind of reaffirming that in your life, you have to, you have to make your own balance. If you're going to live in the American culture and be in the rat race and and pound the pavement and work for the buck and try and get the house and the car and the white picket fence, well, just remember, be sure to remember that you balance that with a sense of spirituality, that you 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 look in as well as you look out. And you examine your spirituality, you examine your soul as much as you examine your Xbox and your new flat screen TV. It's very important. And I've always tried to maintain that balance, but it's a really stark and great reminder when you when you get in with these beautiful, wonderful people and you can step into their world for a number of days and, and be with the monks and be with the community and be with the, the school children and, and all the things that I saw and did. It's, uh, it's really beautiful and wonderful, and it, it reminds you uh, how, how to be grateful for what you do have, and it reminds you to be cognizant of what you don't have, and, and it reminds you that, that uh, happiness always isn't found in obtaining things and collecting things and aspiring to things. Sometimes happiness is sitting on a blanket watching a chicken walk by on a dirt road. And uh, very important, good, good for the soul. So, so if you ever want to uh, get out and experience that, I'll tell you in a little bit more about about uh, how you can do that. Um, and again, back to the cruise. the The boat that we were on was immaculate. The, the 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 rooms and the services and and the cuisine. Oh my God, just immaculate service. Some of the best service you'll ever ever experience. Incredible. Um, and the only downside is, uh, is, um, kind of when you get on the river because the, the society is a little behind back there. The thing that made me sad is unlike the Amazon river where we were out in nature, it was all animals. It was all wildlife and there's nothing out there. So the river was very clean. Whereas in Cambodia, you couldn't go 10 feet without seeing seven or eight plastic bottles or a garbage bag or a piece of junk float by. And that made me sad because they, they just don't have the knowledge or the wherewithal to protect the environment. And so the river becomes really almost a dumping channel for a lot of these people. And they're, I don't know if they're oblivious or naive or they just don't care because they have no other choice. The river, uh, you know, moves a lot of the human waste and garbage around. And so as much as you were touched by the, the people, you were also reminded that, oh, God, with all these people comes the, uh, the byproduct of all these people. And, and when it's not contained, when it's not managed, oh, my God, the, the, the price the environment pays is kind of horrific. And that made me very sad to see that. So it's the yin and the yang and the, the ups and the downs of, of different cultures and societies. So uh, so very enriching, a very uh, good to see, good physical activity, lots of biking, great food, great people. And if you want information 
I can't recommend enough this uh, company. It's called AquaExpeditions.com. You can go online and they have videos and they have pictures of the boats and they have pictures of the cruises they offer. It's AquaExpeditions.com. AquaExpeditions.com. You can go on the internet and uh, it's a great, I've done both. I did the Amazon and now I've done Cambodia. And basically all you got to do is get to the airport. Once you land in this in these foreign countries, there is a whole crew. They're waiting for you. They, they grab your luggage. They put you in a truck. They take you to the cruise. They are on top of you for every second. There's none of that weird, oh, I'm scared. Where, what if there's no one at the airport? What? I'm going to a weird, the Amazon, what? Like, there's none of that. It's like they are, they are all over you the second you, you step into the airport. And the second you leave, they are all over you. And it's just a great, great company, great service. And uh, Aqua Expeditions. To be honest, I, I I like the Amazon trip better because I'm I'm well. I shouldn't say better, but I enjoyed it more due to the nature because I'm a nature guy. But I can't say that I didn't enjoy the Cambodia one. It was more cultural, and it was rewarding in its own way. So so check it out, Aqua Expeditions, and uh, you know book book a an adventure for yourself. And go go look at it. But really good stuff. So there you go. We'll leave it there for now. Great trip. Thank you uh, for the guy upstairs for, for watching over me. No, no issues, no accidents, no health problems. Uh, another amazing trip to another part of the world. And let's see where I end up next year. And I hope you guys are somehow uh, inspired a little bit to get out of your box and do as I suggest every year. Maybe if you have the means, uh, you can go to a different part of the world and, and experience your planet. And it doesn't have to be high end. You don't have to go to the other side of the planet. You can even go to Mexico. You can go to Canada. You can go, if you know, you, you go where you've got the resources to go to. But uh, it's always enriching and enlightening. So there you go. And all these different cultures. What? Okay, speaking of different cultures, he's back. He's phoning back again? Taylor Tate? Okay, I, I hate to bring this guy up, but we got a white racist, Taylor Tate, who we talked to earlier, does not, makes no, does not disguise his disdain for white people. It's unfortunate, but let's, maybe he wants to phone and apologize. Put him through. Hello, Taylor. And one more motherfucking thing. What is it, sir? Why don't you cover yourself in Twinkie whipped cream and fuck you, honky? Okay, you know what? Come on. I'll, I'll only take so much. I, I, I respect it. I, I don't know if I respect him, but if he wants to be racist, I can't change that. But he, I, the, the, there comes a point where you can't just phone in and abuse me, for God's sakes. So let's end the show before he calls back anymore. And I think we got a good show in. We, you know, kind of the show revolved around a lot of cultural stuff today, as fate would have it. But uh, I hope you enjoyed it. A little glimpse into some other cultures on our big, beautiful world. And as we can see from today's show, you always have the, the yin and the yang, the positive and the negative. But maybe one day we'll all live in a harmonious, wonderful place where there is no more racism and everyone just embraces each other's beautiful, wonderful human spirits. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be a treat? Uh, what? He's back. This is the last one. Is he apologizing? He is. Okay, good. So, okay, this is a good way to end the show. Apparently, Taylor Tate, the white racist... The black man who's a white race, admitted white racist, his phone, maybe he realized he was being too harsh and he's calling back. And this is nice. We'll end the show on his apology, which is good. Put him through. I got one more thing for you. What is it, sir? Why don't you go find a fucking hot air balloon, fly up into the white clouds, and breathe in a whole bunch of fuck you, honky biatch. Okay, that's that was just sad. That 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 was not a, an apology. No, no, he's not. No more. I don't care. 
No more calls from Taylor Tate, the white racist. <sighs> but let's do some announcements and get out of here. I can't take any more of that negativity. Uh, let's see. I will be uh, doing stand-up comedy spreading joy instead of uh, that, that vitriol. Uh, I'll be in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, in case you don't know where Winnipeg, Manitoba is. It's in Win- It's in uh, Manitoba. Winnipeg is a city in Manitoba, Canada, okay? I'll be there June 14, 15, 16 at a comedy club called Rumors. I've played it before. A lot of fun. Rumors in Winnipeg, June 14, 15, and 16. How about that? And then uh, in July, I will be uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, July 12, 13, 14. Uh, that will be, uh, let's see, that will be at Hilarities Comedy Club and Theater. Great, uh, great club right downtown in Cleveland, Ohio, July 12, 13, 14. And then check it out on uh, July 24th. Yours truly will be on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And I'm probably going to be promoting my new comedy special, Caramel Corn the Pug, which I know I've been teasing you with for almost a year. But we're finally going to release it in July, and I will be promoting that on July 24th on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Kimmel. So a lot of cool stuff coming up. Go to my website, harlemwilliams.com, and you can uh, click on the stand-up comedy link and get all those dates. You can even order, pre-order your tickets on my website, harlemwilliams.com. While you're there, check out our store. We have a little store full of T-shirts and movies and artwork and DVDs and books and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, what else? What else can I tell you? Uh, Be sure to get our free app on your cell phone. Just go to your app store, type in the Harlan Highway podcast, download it for free. You get the latest 50 episodes for free. And if you're a hardcore Harlan Highway fanatic and you want every episode we've ever recorded for $20, you can become, (coughs) excuse me. Oh, I just swallowed a bug. Uh, you can you can get a, uh, a a 20 year membership and listen to every episode we've ever done and also hear special bonus stuff I will post from time to time when I have time, which I don't have a lot of these days. Good Lord. Um, also, what else? Uh, don't forget to uh, tune into Puppy Dog Pals, my animated show on Disney Junior. If you have kids. Or nieces or nephews that are between the ages of like uh, two and ten years old, they will love Puppy Dog Pals. And um, and there you go. Tell your friends about the uh, Harland Highway podcast. We want everyone to join in on the fun. And that's it, man. That's all we got for today. I hope you had a good time. Thanks for listening. And uh, until next time, chicken. Chow mein, baby. Well, if that don't tell me that Hitler's still alive and he's got an underground chamber in the White House and he be dipping black babies in albino sauce.